All right, folks, welcome back to the Green Pill Podcast, where we focus on making health simple for you, but more importantly, for your family, your loved ones, your community, and even your country. Today's guest is Joey Roselli, aka Joey Wellness. Joey is a content creator with about 500k followers on Instagram, as well as TikTok. He's a health communication expert, an overall an awesome guy that just wants you to feel better and feel good in your life daily. This episode touches on a number of subjects. First, we get into Joey's story from being a normal guy who struggled with acne, being out of shape, not having a great mood, into becoming someone that felt good, solved a lot of their stomach issues, and actually green-pilled his whole family. So when he started changing his health, I'll give you a little preview, his family's health in all different ways changed, which is really rare to see in a cool story. He faced a lot of adversity when he started becoming a creator, and he'll get into that and why that happened. He'll get into some big wins that happened early on in his journey, and some tips from someone who's really an expert in getting people to care about health. So he gets really into how you can tune your message, tune your videos, tune your text to get people's attention without being spammy. Joey then gets into his top health tips for his personal life. And there's a lot in there that is simple, but are really good takeaways that, that are repeatable and, and really aligned with my message. He talks about how it's hard to change his message after really committing to one path. But since our podcast in June, he has really started to open up his message to different parts of health. And that's been really cool to see. Um, he ends the podcast with some, well, I don't want to give it away. I'll, I'll let you hear it. So before we get there, without further ado, here's Joey Roselli on Green Pill. All right, Joey Roselli, welcome. First question, are you going to take the green pill? <laughs> well, before I answer yes or no, I want to know what the green pill actually is. Uh, the green pill means making health simple for you, your family, and your community. So if you take the green pill, you enter a world where health is mainstream. Most of the people around you are healthy. Health is prioritized and people love talking about it. Oh, Alex, I love that. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely taking the green pill if that's the case. All right. Everyone can be at their highest self and their healthiest selves and striving and thriving. I'm on board. And health's been such a huge focus, as I spoke about in the intro for you. And I'd love to hear your journey from university, not being super health conscious at all, eating junk, staying up late, maybe partying, to having a huge audience communicating about health every day and making it a huge part, if not your entire life. So maybe you could just walk us through how you got here. For sure. So for me, it started, um, for me, it started at, at the beginning of university, even the end of college for all my life, not all my life, but my late teens, mid to late teens, I was suffering from acne for, for quite a while from the age of 15, 16, up until 21, 22, 23. Um, for those six, seven, eight years, I suffered from acne, pretty severe acne. And wow. I never went to the root cause, right? I always thought it was a hormonal thing. It was a puberty thing, puberty thing, excuse me. It was a natural teenager thing, teenager phase. And I was heavy in soccer. At the time I was playing a pretty high level of soccer. I was sweating a lot. I started going to the gym at around 16, 17 years old. Um, and that's when I started being introduced to cold showers to kind of tighten the pores and close the pores up on the skin after a sweaty session. And I thought that would help. But at the same time, after all this physical activity, the diet didn't change. And that's, that was the real issue, right? The root cause was what I was putting into my mouth. I come from an Italian background. So a lot of okay. white processed carbs, right? a lot of pasta, a lot of lasagna, a lot of breads, a lot of gluten, right? So gluten was one of the biggest culprits in my diet. Um, a lot of processed sugars, a lot of treats, desserts. And again, it's, it's, I'm going to say it's kind of part of the normal phase in the teens or late teens where you're going out with your friends, you start to go out, you start to drink, right? You don't know the difference between mm -hmm. a gin and soda versus a gin and tonic, right? There's like a significant amount of sugar, but you're, mm -hmm. you're getting vodka, cranberry juice, a lot of sugar in there, 
after you go with your buddies, you're going out to eat somewhere, somewhere like McDonald's, a fast food chain, um, right? A lot of candy, a lot of chocolate, um, even the snacks at school, right? The all sugar-filled snacks from Bear Paws to Rice Krispies to Smarties, um, the sandwiches as well. It's just a typical white bread with filled with Italian deli, Italian cold cuts, which is, in, which is I'm not saying it's horribly bad. It's part of my culture that, but to have every single day, you start to wonder, okay, well, why do I feel so tired after lunch? Why do I feel like I want to take a nap? Well, look what I just ate. Look at the first half of my mm-hmm. day. Start, start with a glass of orange juice. You're already spiking your blood sugar levels there. Now I'm going to a slice of toast and Nutella. Then it comes to snack time, you're having Rice Krispies. Then it comes to lunchtime, you're having a sandwich, a bre- white bread sandwich with Coca's in it. So it's, you're already lacking some vegetables, you're already lacking some protein. And, um, and to make a long story short, so that's where it all kind of stems from. And again, I just tried to clear up my acne, clear up my face, my skin, my back with, with topicals, right? Going on proactive, trying Neutrogena, all these skin-related, all these topicals, uh, skin-related products, taking cold showers to try to tighten up the skin, getting a lot of facials done, but it really just had to go down to the root cause. So, so, and I got to a point where I just couldn't take anymore. I wanted to eat whatever I want to do whatever I want be stressed, have a lack of quality of sleep, but still have clear skin. So I went down the route of Accutane and Accutane is a mm. very heavy medicinal drug. And it's, I target the liver very, very heavily. It takes years to recover the liver from, from the process. Um, mm-hmm. And so yes, the Accutane worked. I did it for about 18 months, just under a year and a half. It worked to clear up the skin. However, the side effects that came along with Accutane were was with that was was what brought me to this point. The side effects are mood swings, depression, low, low libido, low energy, low vitality, um, confusion, brain fog, and it's just holy cats. And it, yeah, my skin cleared up, but now I brought all these other problems along along with me. So it's what's going on. So again, just after doing a bunch of reading of books, talking to practitioners, talking to dermatologists to naturopaths to um, physicians what's well getting so many perspectives well it is the Accutane that's causing all this all these mental struggles and all these physical struggles once again I'm trying to outwork my diet and I thought Accutane worked for the skin which it did because it's well I'm I'm still eating junk and still going out late and still partying as much and still drinking as much and eating whatever I want without awareness without caution my skin's still clear, so yet it's working, but now we're suffering with other things. And so again, after speaking to all these professionals and after reading so many books, I just went down a rabbit hole of self-improvement mm. from the mind, what the thoughts we think, the way we feel, um, who we're surrounded by, what your aura is, what your energy levels are, how your energy works, how energy works in general, spirituality. Um, the vibrations, right? A lot down the spiritual realm, a lot down the holistic realm, what you put into our body, how food is almost like medicine, right? If like, you're going to feel completely different after eating, for example, a fast food burger versus a homemade steak and asparagus. The fast food burger might make you feel good for those first five, 10 minutes, but you might feel sluggish for the next two, three hours. Whereas a steak, you're going to feel great from the get go all the way till the next five hours until your next meal. And so you, you went from suffering really bad acne, you tried to solve it with topical medicines. You kind of realized it might be your food, but not so much. You moved towards Accutane from topical and then you found out the side effects of Accutane and you were still trying to figure out the acne. And so you start talking to doctors and realized that it is probably the food and what you put in your mouth. Is that the story? So you went from suffering from acne to towards topical, towards prescription, towards, oh my God, this is not good for me. And exactly. then where did you have that? Yeah, it's exactly that, man. It's exactly that. It's, it was almost like a staircase, right? Where you're, you're on the journey and you like, you can't see, mm-hmm. you can't see the up, you can't see the, the, the light, excuse me. And you get to a wall and it's like, okay, well now I got to climb this ladder. And as you're climbing, you get to the top and say, oh, wow, I got it. I accomplished. I, I, I fixed the acne. Then boom. We're back to another problem and we're facing another problem and say, holy crap, I got to go up this battle, not up this hill. So it's kind of along those lines. And, and again, just reading so many self-help books, um, the power of foods, the, the power of the quality of foods or the kind of, what kind of water we drink, how much water we drink, how much movement we do, how food 
and exercise massively impacts our lives. And I was so heavily focused on the exercise component for nearly all my life, because I mentioned before I was playing soccer. So I was always kind of into the athletic lifestyle, but just never, I never paired that with the most important piece, which is arguably 75% of the equation, even 80% of the equation, which is the diet, what we put into our mouths. So going home after, after a soccer game or after the gym and having lasagna, for example, probably isn't ideal every single day. It's good to replenish those, the, 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 the glucose, replenish the carbs, but, um, it's, it, it depends on the quality as well. And we need significant protein, adequate protein. And, and, and make a long story short, that's, that's where I ended up. So I went down a rabbit hole self-improvement. And at the time I was towards the end of my university career and living with two other roommates during COVID during lockdown were three guys living in a downtown major city locked up in these four walls. So of course you're going to go bananas. You're going to do whatever it can, whatever you can to excite yourself to, um, to get a quick hit, hit of dopamine, right. To, to what I forget the word, but to, um, um, What's that? To, to find substance, to find substance to like, to amuse yourself. Because once you finish laughing the day or once you finish work in the afternoon or in the morning, well, what are we doing now for the next 12 hour guys? Let's go fool around. Let's go do whatever we can. And, um, and that's what we went down. So went down a rabbit hole, started discovering new things, learning new things, learning the power of food, the power of the mind. And coming back home after university, that's where I really started to, to develop everything. Because I felt, okay, this is a whole other chapter, a whole other lifestyle of mine living downtown in a condo with two other buddies versus going back home to my family and having a little more control, a little more autonomy over what foods I can eat. My family making those similar changes, those similar shifts. And so we kind of all helped each other. My family was already on a shift, a shift and a change in their diet before me going gluten-free, for example, focusing more on, on more protein, adding more vegetables, making the plate more colorful. And at the time I was just younger, right? I was in my mid to late teens. So I didn't really understand. I didn't really care, right? I was so focused on, <laughs> on other things. And, and that's what brought me here. I started documenting my journey on what foods I'm making, what meal preps I'm doing, what foods I'm cooking for the night, for the next couple of days, what desserts I'm making, what healthy desserts I'm making. And that's where, um, that's where it brought me to now. And so, um, where you summarize is that you were really, you're suffering with with some, I guess you would say health problems and, and acne. And then that, that evolved into moving down this uh, ladder, which I like how you described or a pyramid or a staircase at the stair, I think it was a staircase and you realize, okay, I kind of figured this out, but now I'm affecting my internal health. Okay. I kind of figured out that food affects me. So let me look at food. Then I realized gluten, then it's sugar. Then you, then you went to the mental because COVID hit and you were, you know, kind of trapped in this apartment in downtown Toronto and you're like, all right, I got to double down and get really obsessed with something and health seems something I really care about. And at the same time, you're working at a news, news talk 1010 in Toronto, which is one of the biggest news stations there. You're doing board ops, you're doing content production. Um, COVID went remote. So you're doing this at home and then you start to work on podcasts for the, for the hosts there, some of the bigger names and you mentioned Jim Richards and some other folks. And so. You're working from home. It's 2020. You start posting about your journey on Joey Wellness. You're right on TikTok. I guess your first post was like August or so, 2020. And you don't start posting about food. You actually start posting about how your family makes their annual Italian sauce. Um, and that goes well. And then you also post a bit about mindfulness, spirituality, and mindset. And that goes pretty well. You say, oh, wait a minute. That could be pretty good. So you move back home to Montreal to, to where your family is, and they're already on their health journey, which I definitely want to get into because being a Ukrainian American of Jewish heritage, my family did not eat very healthily for a long time. They ate like they were still working in the fields of rural Ukraine, I like to say. And I'm sure knowing from some of the things you've expressed and some of the articles I've read, probably your family was in a similar boat, although they're changing. And so I mean, you being an expert in communicating with a large audience and making people care about self-improvement, holistic health, well, you've really become really good at that, right? I mean, your engagement rates are super high on, on IG, TikTok. You've got a lot of followers. You've got your interactive cookbook, which we'll discuss. You're someone that crushes it at communication and you went to school for communication. So 
we'll get into the top, your top tips for communicating with family, friends, an audience, and even society at large. But why don't we start with family? I mean, what, what prompted them to go gluten-free and then how have you supported them? How have they supported you? What does that look like for you? For sure. It's a great question. It started with, with my mom who went down her own health journey at the beginning. She had a little bit of a scare in her late forties. So she had to make a change in her diet and her overall lifestyle, work less and prioritize herself more and her health more. And at that same time, my sisters were already touching the topic of, okay, well, this food does X, Y, and Z, and that food does X, Y, and Z. And I don't work so well with this, but I work much better with that. And they went to go seek more help. And, um, and then my mom saw a naturopath and my sister saw a naturopath and then and, and so it, we just started being exposed or they started being exposed to healthier options and, and the consequences of certain foods and repercussions of certain foods. And well, gluten does this to you because X, Y, and Z. And I can see how so much sugar affects you in this way because of X, Y, and Z, right? So because they sought professionals, the professionals knew exactly what the root causes were or what the root causes may be. And so through a lot of weeks and months of trial and error and removing and lessening and limiting and improving and adding and upping. That's how you kind of discover, well, what works for me best and what works for me, do what doesn't work for me as well. And so when they started doing that, it kind it's of- on there and- Yeah, gotcha. that's it, what, that's it. What started them um, on that path? What made them go see a natural path? She had a health scare, right? That's right. Okay. That's right. She had a health scare. So, or we'll say a, a health wake up call. So then talking to others who are in her circle or family or group of friends who had similar health scares or health calls, right? They start to consult and sorry, to uh, confide in each other and start to talk about same things, same topics. And it's just kind of like a whole new network of, of people in the same pool, in the same boat. And, and that just kind of had the ripple effect on my sisters as well to be like, Hey, heads up X, Y, and Z. And then my dad started to be open to the idea, start to understand, start to notice the differences in, in, in his own health because he started applying those same differences. And when we're talking very minimal changes, right? Very small changes like drinking more water or going from white pasta to whole wheat pasta. These are very basic changes. More water, like one glass more a day, one glass less of wine, one less glass of wine, brown pasta on Wednesdays and Fridays. I mean, very small, easy shifts, because if you're going to go zero to 100 or cold Turkey, you're going to have a shock and a half on your life, not even on your body, on your life. It's going to be so exhausting to keep up and sustain that 100. So you're better off making those small, gradual baby step changes, which eventually turn into automatic habits and stuff like that. And, um, using more extra virgin olive oil versus canola oil, um, a little less cheese, a little more meat, a little more fish, right? A little less carbs, uh, a little more movement. My mom started going a lot more walks. She started going back into, uh, she used to do a lot of yoga back in the day. Maybe I'd say in her 30s and she stopped in her 40s. Then she went back into her yoga, kind of recentering herself. My father started going to walks, going on walks. My sisters were just finishing their soccer careers and going towards the gym. And then things started to fall into place. And then I'd say... Right around that time or right a few months after their beginning is when my oldest sister met her current husband at the time who was a personal trainer and was starting to study mm -hmm. nutrition and naturopathy. So it's just kind of weird how we were blessed and I use, I use the term God, you can call it whatever you want, you can call it soul, soul, the universe, Allah, I say God, how God placed certain pieces in our life and pieces in the puzzles of us that kind of helped us navigate toward that healthier style, uh, li lifestyle much easier, much, much more seamlessly. And, and for folks listening, Green Pill, the initial conception, um, as Joey eloquently points out, was to talk about simply how to get your family to be healthier. So th this narrative is super key. There was a cathartic event, a catalyst, which was your mom having a health scare. Then your dad was like, oh, well, I guess I could probably be healthier and to support maybe her. And, and also he realized his own, maybe his own mortality or just, just really looking in the mirror. You at the same time have been going through your own journey, which you just shared about your sister met her future husband, who's, who happened to be a personal trainer. Like you said, there's so coincidental that it, it might just not be. 
And so it, for your family, it was a bunch of different factors and it was incremental as well. Um, the changes that they made. And I think you touch on that a lot in your videos, which is baby steps. Let's make this Froyo with coconut rather than with a preserved version of yogurt or each of your videos really make simple, tasty snacks without sacrificing taste. And I do you talk more, more than just about food and, uh, it, it's really, I guess, a belief system for you more than anything. And, and one thing that stood out to me as I was researching for this episode, you talked about, um, numerology, different signs you see in your environment. You talked a lot about mindset. Um, how do you, as a busy creator, as someone who took the plunge from working at a great job at a radio station, producing podcasts privately, and you took the plunge on jelly wellness and it's, and you're swimming, like you're swimming fast and in the deep end, like, how do you, how do you keep your belief up? How do you keep your energy levels up in your own personal life? Great question. That's so tough to say because Alex, the way you perceive it and the way you see it is completely different than the way I see it. Because the way you, what you just said is that I'm swimming fast in the deep end, but in my perspective, it doesn't seem like that at all. <laughs> right. It still seems like I'm still, well, yeah, sure. Sure. What's your <laughs> I'm story? still, I'm still learning the steps. You're still learning the doggy paddle swimming. <laughs> and, um, and I understand because it's like, it's like when I, when I view other creators who are in the high hundreds of thousands or the high millions of subscribers and followers, right. But they had their own journey. They had their own trials and errors and learning moments, right. Just like I did just at different rates and different waves. That's all it is. Um, and the way I see it is just that. I like to keep swimming because I know that there are so many sharks in the pool and whatever pool there is. So it's, I want to keep up with the sharks and I want to be a shark. And I know that I have the potential to be, and I know that what, but the most important, I know that what content and what value I'm providing is super, super valuable, super valuable. I know that I'm not spitting out nonsense. I'm not telling you nonsense. I'm not giving you BS recipes. I'm not telling you to get whatever ingredients you want. I'm just, I'm trying to inform you and educate you and make you more knowledgeable with every single post, whether it's a story, whether it's a video. And because I had that in my journey, in my progress, when I was learning and, and being exposed to health, right? I looked up to so many other guys and girls online. I thought, oh, hey, interesting. Oh, okay, cool. Oh, I didn't know that this coconut milk contains coconut water and this coconut milk contains gums and carrageenan and X, Y, and Z. Oh, I didn't know that we need this amount of protein. Oh, I didn't know that these carbs have a better sort a fuel source than these carbs or better, um, um, what's the word longevity than these carbs. Right. So I want to be one of those anchors or one of those lights to you or to anyone else that will help you guide you and help you lead yourself to a healthier self, healthier lifestyle. And so for you, the ability to swim every day, get in the pool, be a, be a shark or, and grow into a shark from your perspective. And like you said, perspectives are different, but you see it as really giving guidance and as you said, being a light to others out there on their journey. So it's almost spiritual for you in a way, like you really connect your work. Like this is your journey on earth, not just your journey on IG or TikTok. Like this, right. is, this is the message you want to be putting out there. For sure. And I, and I try to keep that up because. Only at this point, only now do I realize when I look back and say, oh, well, I already had, I was already doing something along those lines. And an example to that is from high school into college and then into university. I was always the one in my class or in my group of friends showing up to lunch with a lot of food or with a, a bag of carrots every single day as a snack. And I know I mentioned earlier in the podcast that I would have a lot of junky snacks and a lot of high sugar snacks like Rice Krispies and Smarties and, bar and Bear Paws, but I also had a good balance or somewhat of a balance of healthy snacks. So I, I always had an apple in my lunchbox. I always had a bag of sliced carrots, carrot sticks. Um, then in college and in university, when I started cooking my own meals, I always showed up with literally a plate of dinner, right? a dinner's plate of food, right? From leftover chicken breast to leftover broccoli, leftover rice. However, I still had the cake and I still had the bear paws as a snack, but it was just always in me and always automatic and always so natural for me to come to the table, come to the group with a lot of food. And 
And people were inspired by that. People were, were awed by that and be like, wow, where, where'd you get all that? Or how'd you do all this? And for me, it was just so automatic. I mean, when I was in high school, my parents and my mom, sorry, my parents were preparing my lunches. So I was just so used to always having food or having an abundance of food. And so that just translated into me doing the exact same thing for myself while I was in university. And now that I look back and it's, well, I already had some sort of awe effect on others. So I see why it's having a similar effect online towards others um, with the foods I prepare, the foods that I post. I'd say you're always the guy coming to lunch with some extra food. You're always, you're never like, yeah, you're never, you're never hungry in the sense that you're always kind of, food was a big, it was a big, it made you happy. And you, you were never someone that hesitated to eat or ate like total junk, actually. Like you had some balance in there. And that was to come from your parents. Of course. And uh, freaking. So I, I guess like what I, I think your mission is, is to, is to help other people on that journey. And I guess you've been really good at communicating it. And, um, I think folks listening will, will learn a few tips and, and maybe philosophies from you in terms of giving value as both a creator or as a health entrepreneur or even investors who want to get their message out, really anyone who's communicating about wellness, self-development and health at scale could really hear some of your, your wins, things that worked really well for you, any fails you've had and any learnings. So I guess taking it back to 2020, you posted your first couple of videos, 2021, you're still at the radio station, late 2022, or rather mid 20, early mid 2022, you go full-time on Joey wellness. So can you give us some wins and can you give us some stories of things that kind of failed and then some learnings? For sure. For sure. A big, a big fail for me at the time, when I look back at it now, it's not a fail. It was actually a learning lesson or it was actually a win. But at the time it seemed, well, I'm moving back home from university in Toronto to go back home to Montreal, to live at my, with my parents, back in my parents' home, and to continue this radio slash podcast remote work. And then what? Right? Like I didn't see the future. I didn't see a potential future for soul for media and for Joey wellness. And so it's, well, what am I doing with my life? Because prior to COVID, the whole plan was for me to stay in Toronto and continue living in Toronto and continue working at the radio station and pretty much climb my way up the corporate ladder, climb my way up the, the radio slash television ladder and just be, makes be a, be in a big position in, in media in Toronto. But then when COVID hit, and then when I started posting videos and posting content online on TikTok and Instagram, things start to change, right? Traction was beginning. Um, making noise was on its way and catching eyeballs, creating an audience, building an audience, catching attention was starting to develop, but I still didn't see it being a career, being what it is right now in this moment, being what it is today. And so at the time it seemed like a lot, okay, well, I'm going back home. I'm still doing this work. What's next? What am I doing? I'm 22 years old. I was 20, excuse me. I was 24 years old when I moved back home. I just graduated. I'm like, okay, this is cool for now, but now what? And then there was just something inside of me that liked the posting, liked the creating of the content. Obviously you like the attention that comes along with it, but that's only one factor. And, but it's a factor that keeps you going. It keeps you motivated. And the fact that you're getting response and reaction to actually helping people either lose weight, gain weight, feel healthier, feel better, do better, um, change the perspective on health, change the perspective on food. It's okay. Well, this is definitely more than motivating, motivating it. It's inspiring. And luckily with, with, with the blessings that I've received and the guidance and the clarity that I've received from others, from God, it just helped me to continue. It helped me keep my tank, um, my fuel tank full and that's where the loss had that fail. So yeah, you said you felt like you failed. Is that because you moved home and you're like, I don't know if it's going to work. And it, that's it. That, exactly. That's the fail, uh -huh. <laughs> right? It's, well, the, the, like, like I said, the plan was to remain in Toronto after graduation and work there full time uh -huh. in the business. But to me, it's, well, now that plan had been abandoned and now it, the plan has changed. So it's a fail. And, but the win afterwards or the win that seemed to be a win or perceived to be a win was turning joy wellness into what it is now. 
And, um, and that was a huge win for me at the time. Just that, that shift, that transition, it was literally a 180, but I didn't notice it when I was in it. You rarely do notice the lessons when you're in it. When you were starting Joey Wallace, starting posting kind of experiments, you had a couple hit videos, um, where then tough times where you were like, Hey, I don't know. I probably have to move back to Toronto. I have to probably double down on doing private podcast production for folks. Was there doubt? And then how did you overcome it? Hmm. Great question. If not, that's great too. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't say there was any doubt, but there was always that thought in the back of my mind saying, oh, would this be better in Toronto? But then again, looking at it from an outside perspective, from a third party view, it's well, does it matter if it's in Toronto or not? Because it's digital, it's digital work. I'm viewing endless content on my phone right now. And I have no idea where the guy's from. Next video. I have no idea where she's from. Next video. I have no idea where he's from because I don't care. It doesn't matter. Right. If I'm watching a food video, the guy's in his kitchen, he could be in India. He could be in the Philippines. What's the difference? I'm watching his food video. So that's where I kind of had the realization where I'm like, well, I could continue this in Montreal. I could continue this remotely. It'd be cool to go back to Toronto, but I'm only saying that from a perspective of pleasure, right? Because it was, because I was looking at Toronto, um, solely in the light that I was living it, living in it, right. As, as a student having the cool lifestyle, right? Where no stress, no responsibilities. So well, now life has changed. Now we're growing up for adult thing. We're going into our adulthood and we're building a life, building a career here. So it's, so it's, it's changed. I don't want to go back to that lifestyle. Yeah. The college like Toronto. Yeah. So that, that's the association for you. And, and it makes sense. It's like digital, it doesn't matter. You don't know if they're in China, Philippines, Timbuktu, you just don't know. Um, so that was a big realization for you. And then tell us how like your first few videos did and what, what you learned and then what you started to learn in 2021, like what worked, obviously location, not mattering is one piece. Right. And yeah, what, what did you start learning with your first few and then how did it progress from there? For sure. At the beginning, it kind of sucked. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to be very, very straightforward. It, and it, this is for a lot of creators. A lot of creators go through this because there's that imposter syndrome and they don't believe in themselves. They don't see the light just yet. They don't feel the light just yet. And at the time, my account was still under my name, was still Joey on Instagram, was still Joey Roselli. It wasn't Joey Wellness yet. And so uh -huh. I started posting content with the base of followers that I already had from both Toronto and Montreal, which were my friends, friends and family. And so, mm -hmm. of course, you're going to get a lot of backlash. Like, Bro, what the hell are you doing? Bro, what is this? You're going to get laughed at. It's very, very normal. And what, man, I got to be honest, it's, it's when people say content creators or content creation is literally the 1%, it literally is because people get laughed at once and they shut down immediately. Wow. People cannot stand being judged. They cannot stand being laughed at. It's, it's, it's literally true. That's, I don't know where that statistic comes from with the 1%, but I'm telling you right now, it's true because when you, I look at, and I, I, I applaud comedians for this. So many comedians at the beginning of their careers go on so many local small stages and don't, don't, aren't laughed at their jokes. How much that sucks, tough mm -hmm. that is to deal with a tough, tough crowd. It's the exact same thing when it comes to content creation. If you're known for you're back home for me in Montreal as a teen and before going to university and even, even in Toronto, it's like I was known for being like very Italian bro like style. Right. And then I start again from, from, from the people that I met in Toronto, the books that I've read, your mind starts to change. You start to realize and, and develop new thoughts and new things. And you're not in that same bubble anymore. And so because people are seeing a new Joey and not being exposed to the old usual Joey, well, it's like, who is this? What's he saying? What's he talking about, bro? You're losing your mind. And so <laughs> if, if you can withstand that and perceive, sorry, not perceive, sorry, and stay and remain consistent and persistent through those times, through those laughs, well, then you're going to pass one hurdle and then you're going to pass two hurdles and three hurdles. And then it becomes just so neutral for you and you keep on going. So that was a big, the big tough one for sure was getting over that first hurdle of being laughed at or being questioned. I didn't expect to hear that at all. Like I, you're such a nice guy and from what I've experienced with you, I was like, I can't, that sucks that your friends and we're like, people are called, what are you doing, dude? You're going nuts. You're going off the radar. What is this? And that's cool. And you were able to get over that just because you believed that this was a, this was the route for you. The way I saw it was I just put myself back into the perspective of those who were laughing at me and I was in similar shoes. So I'm like, I just, I just came from a place where I'm like, I know you're like, how do I explain this? 
I put myself in their shoes, like I said, because I was in their shoes in the same bubble for all your life, right? All Italians, small community, X, Y, and Z. So it's, I just know you're laughing because you just don't know how it is outside the bubble. I was exposed to it. I broke that bubble after moving to Toronto, after living by myself. So I'm coming from a place of compassion because you just don't know. If you step out of the bubble, you'd understand. <laughs> that's, so that's all it is. And so because that's, I give them that. That's a big one. Yeah. Yeah. Because you give that compassion, it's like, well, you just feel at ease and you just, you just know that their higher self knows. They just don't know in this 3D realm on planet Earth. <laughs> It's really interesting you're hitting on that. I didn't expect to go there because um, that bubble you're touching on, you're stepping back and being empathetic and saying, hey, they just don't get it. They haven't run a radio show. They haven't interacted with person, media personalities. They don't know what I'm trying to do. So you almost, and you almost buffered yourself against the, the personal feedback, which is hard because I think even when I post something and like it either doesn't, it doesn't bang or it doesn't get a lot of views or I get some weird comments on it or I lose a bunch of followers. Like I posted, um, this thing on Memorial Day at America, which is a really a holiday to honor those who died at war. And I said, here are six things you didn't know that are great about America that, um, I think we should look at, even though we've had a lot of endless wars, we've had a lot of, we've caused a lot of issues in the world as a country. And I, I could go into those another time. And I got a bunch of people unfollowed me, a bunch of people who I probably don't agree with commented. It got a ton of traction, but I was like, probably a lot of people think I'm like a rah-rah America, this is, and I had to say, what, it doesn't matter what the people I know think, because I'm, I'm doing this to build my message in the world. My message is health should be simple. We should love our country and also understand its flaws. Just like we, we love someone in our circle and understand their flaws. And I don't think we should have a, a very negative mindset just on our country because there are positives and that's just a whole nother another story about health and mental health and, and safety and living in a place like this. Bringing it back towards your story, the bubble that you broke was your, your personal bubble and you, you managed to get through that. And so when you started posting more about wellness and recipes, moving away from spirituality or from, from other topics you touched on, what, what started working for you there? Um, which, what was your first big hit video and, and how did it? How did it work for you and how did you think about it? The, the first hit video besides the, the angel numbers and the synchronous numbers was, I forget between these two, it's either between the, the presentation of how much sugar is in a can of Pepsi or a healthy banana, vanilla ice cream. One of those two. So it's either a sugar video or a recipe video, which is quite funny because those are, those are still my main two topics of videos that I continue to post to this day. <laughs> um, and so, so, so those two took off and after seeing that take off, it's like, well, okay, there's, there's a demand for this. People like this. People are responding to this. People need this. And that's the way I saw it. It's okay. Well, if I can continue to deliver, continue to present alternatives and healthier options and data visualization and awareness. Mm -hmm. We can help a lot of people here. We can reach a lot of people. What, uh, what do you think clicked about that, um, the banana video first? What do you think really, um, I didn't catch you say, cause I heard it broke up, broke up, but the, that video you referenced, what do you think clicked about it with people? Yeah, great question. It's definitely the fact that it's easy to make and doesn't require a lot of ingredients. Let's just. Okay, you, you open up, you open up your blender, you pop in a banana, you pop in some protein powder, you. Yeah. You pop in uh, almond milk or coconut. I forget the the recipe by heart. Some cinnamon, some salt, a couple of ice cubes. You blend it. You pop into your ramekin, into your bowl. You pop into the freezer for about an hour or two until it solidifies, but not icy, not uh, icy solid, and you're good to go. There's your recipe, right? So it's very easy, and it's like right. straightforward ingredients that I say ninety percent of people already have in their homes. And so that's what hit the simplicity, the ease, the speed. And then on the Pepsi video, it's totally different kind of in a way. What do you think hit there? There, I think it's definitely, when I do a lot of those sugar videos, which I continue to see to this day, it's definitely the mm -hmm. brand awareness, right? People see a can of Pepsi, uh, they're immediately connected to it. They see a bottle of Fanta, they're immediately connected to it, right? That's, that's the way I see it. Like when you see a lot of, well, I see on my feed, a lot of healthy alternatives, for example, a healthier Big Mac, a healthier uh -huh. KFC zinger sandwich, 
right? You use those terms, Big Mac, McDonald's, KFC, Zinger, and you show the image of the burger or the, lo or the uh, logo of the brand. There's an immediate association because mm -hmm. people are like, wait, I've, I've seen that. I've seen that so many times before. It's got to be somewhat interesting here, right? And it's like, you're, you're seeing McDonald's, Big Mac and health. Well, hold on. How are these two colliding? Oh my gosh, it's, it's a healthier Big Mac, right? Same thing with the sugar videos. It's well, I, I always drink those, those cans of Pepsi. I always see those cans of Pepsi. My dad drinks them all the time. So what's, what's he talking about here? Oh my God, there is a lot of sugar. I just never knew it was that much sugar, right? So I was just giving a different perspective as well, because everyone knows that a can of Pepsi has 39, 38, 40, 41 grams of sugar. Everyone knows the label is there for everyone to read. However, no one knows how much that actually is or how much it actually looks like. And yes, I'm aware, I get this a lot in the comments that I'm pretty sure, especially in the U.S., that Coca-Cola is sweetened with high fructose corn syrup. So yes, high fructose corn syrup will physically look different than sugar cubes or granulated sugar teaspoons. I'm aware. It's just a basic visualization because everyone understands what a teaspoon of sugar is because most Americans and Canadians and North Americans are mixing that into their coffee in the morning, right? The same thing for the sugar cubes. They're putting it into their flute of champagne or, in, or their other cup of coffee. So it's just an easily easy and understandable visualization. And, and you've gone way past just cutting sugar out of your diet or minimizing sugar. Like you, you in your own world, you're doing hot heat, cold plunges, you're working out, you're doing quite a bit on your belief practices, which you've mentioned a few times during, I'm glad you touched on spirituality and religion. And, but for you, for these videos, you're like really going back down to like, all right, let's focus on sugar. All right, let's focus on a quick snack. Um, and by the way, dude, I got to ask you, what's the Big Mac mixed up in the blood there? Because I saw that on the feed and I didn't get to look at it and I want to know. <laughs> so it's, it's not actually a blender, Alex. It's actually a mason jar, the long, tall, I think, one uh -huh. liter mason jar. And essentially it's for meal prep or to bring your salad on the go without having separate containers for uh -huh. the dressing. So it's just layered. So you got the Big Mac sauce on the bottom, you got the cooked ground beef, cooked and cooled off ground beef. You got the onions, you got uh -huh. the pickles, you got tomatoes, and you got the lettuce. And so then when you bring your separate bowl to work or to school with you, when you open up that jar, when you shake it into the bowl, everything just layers out perfectly and everything's already mixed for you. Yeah, that's a good one. Do you think, did you think of that one? That's pretty good. Well, I saw someone do that. I saw someone do it for, um, I think it was in some, some sort of Asian noodle salad recipe. And I saw those layers. I said, holy uh -huh. cats. And then I saw someone on TikTok post a Big Mac salad, just a different, a different variety and not in the jar. I saw them put it in the Big Mac box, which is actually quite smart, quite unique, right? Very eye-catching. That's very uh -huh. important when it comes uh -huh. to content. It's uh -huh. eye-catching and getting that, the audience's attention within the first two seconds. You got to get that hook. It's called a hook. It goes, yeah, of course I'm going to watch this video. I see a guy opening up a Big Mac box and there's a salad inside. What the heck is this about? And that's how you watch the video. And so you got simplicity, right? Hook in the first two seconds, um, relatable brand, which is super interesting. I had never heard of that or thought of it. It totally makes sense. Right. Um, now that you explain it that way, I think people will take that away. So taking something people know, and then doing a remix on it, um, what else are you, what else are you seeing that works in your content and, and, um, what else, what's like kind of, kind of legal on the horizon? What do you think is. Like both for your, yeah, we, sorry, what do you think that works and other, what are some other tactics that work in your content to deliver value to people quickly in today's environment? And what are you excited about in terms of topics going forward? I constantly talk about this with my girlfriend and it's always about how can I provide value from, from the content that I post on my stories and intertwine that with the videos that I currently post. And it's very difficult to find that middle ground because a lot of the information, a lot of the content that I post to my stories, I have a self-limiting belief about this, but if I feel like I'm not able to deliver the message the same in a reel or a TikTok or reach as many people in a reel or a TikTok because it's, I don't know why. Again, it's a self-limiting belief, but and if I wish I could talk more about that content from the stories and paste it onto my reels or my TikToks. It's, a lot of it is so valuable, but it's just, again, it comes back to that two, three second hook to the first two, three seconds of the video. How do we get the retention? And so a lot of it is visual, 
right? What are they seeing? Are they seeing a, a brand that they that they that they know? Are they seeing a can of Pepsi? Are they seeing um, a recipe that actually looks appealing, that looks delicious? That the first thing they're seeing. Are they seeing keywords? Are they hearing keywords? Right. A lot of the the meal prep recipes, the meal prep guys, their first five words are low calorie, high protein, chicken masala, tikka masala. And so it's the, those who are on a weight loss journey, they love hearing that low calorie, high protein. This is going to keep me full for hours. It's going to help me lose weight. Right. So also depends what you're, what you're interested in and what you're searching for. So, and another big one actually that I didn't mention in the visual element is, is, is sometimes it's the person, right? When it's, when it's a, when it's a good looking girl, it's going to catch eyeballs, right? If it's a guy dressed with, with, with a ripped t-shirt and, and, and different color on, on his face and on his hair, that's going to catch someone's attention. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, um, and the, the, all, I'm sure you've seen, there's also TikToks and Instagram reel that you see of zero value that you're like, what did I learn from this? What did I gain from this? But because the person is so good looking or doing something so bizarre, it's going to catch your attention. And so, and so that's what, that's, that's the, the real main element of the real main takeaway here is those first two to three seconds, there's gotta be a couple of factors, a couple of elements that are going to catch their attention, whether it's the colors, the names, the words you're using, what you're wearing, how, how you look on camera, um, what's being shown. There are quite a few factors that you gotta, that you gotta nail. And so back to what I was saying about the stories and applying those mm-hmm those lessons and those values onto reels and TikToks, I'm trying to find that middle line. What's going to catch their attention with X, Y, and Z? Yeah, honestly, people are going to like this. Hey, so coming back in here, we'll, we'll clip this. So what, I, so what I'm seeing on your stories, and that's mostly the highlights, are personal development, self-actualization, treating your body like a temple, having a repeated affirming belief system where you're saying I am healthy, I am well, things like that. And I've seen that more in your highlights. I've really been off IG, so trying not to see stories. Have you tried taking that message towards the real and TikTok? And has it has it slapped with your audience at all? What's what are you trying to figure out there? Yeah, great question. Unfortunately, I haven't tried as much as I'd like to. Mm-hmm. I tried to incorporate a little one-liner here or there into some videos, especially recipe videos, because on recipe videos, nine out of 10 times, it's going to be a voiceover. So during the voiceover, throughout the voiceover, I'm able to incorporate something off topic or off story, right? Offline. Whereas when I'm doing and recording a sugar video, I'm talking on camera, it's flowing. It's all about the sugar, all about the content. And it's just a 20, 30 second video in and out. So it's a lot more difficult there. And I'm just trying to incorporate the mental side of things, the, like you mentioned before, the self-improvement side of things, the way your mind works. And if I pigeonhole myself into this category, because as well, if people are only coming here, people only know me about data visualization or recipes, then they're, they're going to be tuned out for anything else that I have to say, but if that's not the case. If people are interested on stories, why wouldn't they be interested on a video either on TikTok or IG or both? It's just my own self-limiting belief, my own self-limiting thoughts. And again, the reason why I'm not breaking those thoughts is because I'm not actually trying it, right? It's like, I don't know what the perfect video is going to be or what the ideal video is going to look like because I haven't tried it yet. But does it start with me talking on screen? Is it just me Talk, uh, sorry, uh, um, vocalizing it while doing a recipe, right? So there's, there's that visual element. It's just about trial and error. And I would love to, because I know that the information that I share to my stories, like you said, like you mentioned before about treating your body like a temple, the thoughts you think, the self-improvement, the tricks and tips. I know that they're so valuable and so helpful because they've helped me, number one. I've done it myself. I do it myself. And number two is I see others doing it. I see others applying it and I see others thanking me for it and others asking me questions about it. So they're curious. It works. And, and so it's like, why wouldn't it help others and more people? And, and for um, other content creators out there listening and you know, people hoping to spread the message about wellness and self-development, I guess, are you, what are you afraid of? If I can put on my coach hat for a quick second, what are you afraid is going to happen if you 
post five of these videos. Yeah, I think every other creator, right? They get that self-imposter syndrome, that pigeonhole syndrome. It's, uh -huh. you think everyone's going to be so disconnected. Everyone's not going to like it. People are going to leave because they're so used to receiving X, Y, and Z from you. Um, you, 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 you expect and you assume that your numbers aren't going to be as high. You're not going to perform as well, but it's a little, you just don't know. At the beginning, you might not, right? Because it's a change of content. Even the algorithm kind of knows it's a change of content to sort of, I don't know the full definition of that, but to sort of, to, to some sort of degree, but it, you just don't know who you can reach. And, um, if your videos flopped, would that screw up the rest of your, if you would just say you did a week of personal development where you announced it, or you did once a week, or you sprinkled it in, it, it, it was just say engagement and views went down. I don't, I don't actually necessarily think that what, like you said, they're responding on story. So ipso facto, like the hypothesis they respond on real, like what, what would happen to you as a creator, like financially, monetarily, like from numbers, would it, would it be a problem or is it something you just bounce back on or you don't know the answer? I, I, I have to be honest. I don't know the answer because I have seen other creators do this. And when they do go back to their original content or to their initial content, uh -huh. it doesn't perform as well or they're not reaching the same amount of people, or they're not getting the same feedback because it seems like people have been turned off to sort of say, so it gets kind of scary. It's even when like, another example is I've seen it in radio before when mm -hmm. a radio station fires a host or changes the host. Mm -hmm. It takes a while to build a whole new community, community again, a loyal community. You still retain some of the old community, some of the older people that were that were initial listeners, but you lose a good chunk. And then it takes time to reinvest back into the new host, to reinvest into the new audience, into the new community. And what is it apples for apples when it comes to radio and social media? I don't know. Maybe I haven't tried it yet. Mm -hmm. That could be a research point. And yet also I wonder, I mean, you're someone I was just thinking like people don't realize how hard radio is. And I had a, I had a good buddy who ran, who was a producer and like a, a board guy for a while. And so I, I've heard his journey. So I, I think I have a sense of how much of a grind it is to be in radio because it, it doesn't pay as much as it used to. And it's a sh probably a shrinking industry is my understanding. And so like you really had one of the you're all one of the best shows in Toronto. So it's, it's a big deal and you learn from really high level people. And so taking those learnings to social probably is a fair transfer. And I, I definitely see like you're being sensitive to it from a smart perspective. Um, and it's definitely a slight risk. And I, I hope, I mean, from an imposter syndrome point, I think you would crush it and you do crush it with the motivation stuff that I've seen. Um, and I definitely get the, the content switch thing. So I, I think folks who are going to follow along with you will be curious to see, see how that journey goes. If you, if you go down that route. And maybe there's another route you can find that outlet for, um, but that that's really cool. Cause it kind of gets into, if, if you don't mind, I switch a little bit of gears. Like you gave us some really good tips on communicating wellness to a large audience, gave us some wins. You gave us some fails, some learnings. Um, what do you see out there for, for the world in order for the world, like to get healthier. So that means individual families out there in Toronto and America, across the world, uh, Pakistan, like what do you see is going to work to, to make the world a little bit healthier? Number one thing, and I'll keep iterating this message until I die is whole and natural foods. That's right. it. When you can make that shift from ultra processed foods to processed foods, and to whole natural foods, you'll see a drastic shift in your health. Drastic from your weight, your energy levels, your mood, your libido, your thoughts, your, your, your ability to do more, your ambition. I'm telling you, there's a power in the whole and natural foods. And I'm not saying, I'm not talking about quality or micro, I'm talking macro. You know, I'm not saying. For example, I'm not saying go for the organic kale, go get the pasture raised chicken. No, no, no. I'm just talking whole and natural foods. You're better off going to Walmart, for example, getting their rotisserie chicken versus the frozen chicken nugget. That's a great shift. Great, great shift. Yes. Are the ingredients, the, are the ingredients a one on the rotisserie chicken? Probably not. 
but it's going to be A1 compared to the frozen chicken nuggets. I'll guarantee you that. Dude, 100%. You're building that, that same ladder or um, that same pyramid that you went on through your acne, then getting that in check, then getting your mental in check, getting your physical, getting your food in check. You're, you're hitting the nail on the head. So going from ultra processed to a little bit less processed towards whole foods to then, yeah, maybe down the line, somebody gets into the grass fed, gets into the organic. So, so your view at scale is for people to, to just go down that ladder. Yeah. So just make small choices. Yeah. And you talked about automating too, right? When we when we spoke kind of automating habits and stuff, can you touch on that a little bit too, beyond just food? Automatic. The automated habits come from doing something so small and so easy to do for X amount of time that it becomes automatic and it becomes habitual, right? Like I said, like I, like I told you at the beginning of, at the beginning of our conversation, having one extra glass of water, maybe before going to bed at night, you take a small glass. I'm putting you a small glass, one cup, 250 ml. What is that? Eight ounce and putting, putting that on your bed, uh, what's it called? Your nightstand next to your bed. So when you wake up, the glass of water is there ready for you to drink. And then you go have your coffee. We'll start with that. We're starting with that. I'm not telling you no coffee. I'm not telling you have your coffee two hours later. I'm not telling you have your coffee after your breakfast. I'm telling you just have this one cup of water before your coffee. Let's start with that. And every morning when you wake up, that glass of water is there, ready to go. That's one. Number two is, number two is when you wake up, instead of reach over, reaching over for your phone, how about we just put our feet on the ground? Put your feet. Mm -hmm. We'll start with that. Just that because when you put your feet, that's going to most likely more than, more than often going to help you get off and up, off, up and off the bed. Right. But if you're going to reach over your phone and stay light into your bed on your phone, you're most likely going to stay in your bed for an extended period amount of time, which you don't want. I'd say just start by putting your feet first, then go on your phone. Maybe that's going to be easier because you're already up. You're going to feel the urge to go to the bathroom. You're going to feel the urge to get up. Right. So it's just small and easy things that, that require little to no effort. Yeah. And so you got water, you got feet on the ground. I'd love how granular you get because I get this exact same way in my coaching and I will ask people till the day I die, like I'll die on this hill, be like, all right, are you charging your phone by your bed or is it five meters from your bed? They said, well, it's by my bed. I'm like, all right, tonight you're going to move the charger over there. That's how granular I get. And I love how granular you're getting with the feet on the ground. I haven't heard that one, but it totally makes sense because it gets someone out of bed and then they're not laying in bed on their phone, starting their day with five, 10, 15, 20 minutes of starting. So I love that. And, um, do you have any like on exercise or movement? Cause I know you're big on that. You don't talk about it a lot on social, but I know you're big on it. Yes, for sure. My number one is getting some sort of movement in the morning in your first, I like to say 15 to 30 minutes of, of, of upon awakening, we'll push it to a max 60 minutes, but the first mm -hmm. 15 and 30 minutes are great because it's going to help everything. It's going to help your mind. It's going to help your mind begin to roll. It's going to help the blood flow throughout your body. It's going to help lubricate your joints. It's going to help you get some, 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 um, what's it called? Excuse me. Just, um, I forgot the word, but it's going to help you not feel as static or not feel as stagnant, but just going to be able to be flexible and stretch and move. Because if you're going from seated on lying on the bed to seated on the toilet, to seated in the kitchen, having breakfast, to seated in the car, to seated at the office, where the heck is the movement in the day? So if you can get some before being seated all day, just go for a walk around the block. Even easier, just go, if you have stairs in your house, if you have more than one floor, one level in your home, just walk up and down the stairs a couple of times, you know, even just go outside your front door and just get some fresh air and get some natural light and just don't even move, just stand there, right? But the fact that you walked to your door, you walked outside, you got some sort of movement and that's such a small baby step. I'm not asking you to walk one kilometer, one mile. That's not what I'm asking. I'm asking you to do is just step outside your door, walk up and down your stairs one or two times. It's just going to help you feel so much better. And I think also like the, the decision to take action that benefits you is also probably going to produce some response in your brain that like you, you decided to go outside your door and get morning sunlight as Dr. Hugen talks about, you decided to move the phone. So I think that itself like reinforces the pattern. Um, and then I guess on food in the mornings, if you want to just stick with the mornings, um, do you have any tips? I know you have your interactive recipe book, which is really unique. And I, I didn't realize this, but I always, even when I send my clients meal plans, it's just a PDF and, and honestly, PDFs are very 2009, if not, if not, if not earlier. And, and so 
Can you tell folks about the way you've done it? Because again, you've been communicating about cooking and meals for a couple of years with a lot of success. So what did, what is the recipe book? How is it different and how can it help somebody with their morning or their lunch? You know, for sure. The recipe book is going to help you so much because of the, because of the visual element that comes with it. Yes. Like you said, you're getting the PDF, you're getting the recipe breakdown, you're getting the ingredient list, you're getting the instructional list, but you also gain, excuse me, you also get a nutritional facts label, how many calories, how much fat, how many carbs, how much sugar, how much sodium, um, et cetera. But then you're also getting, and this is the most important and most crucial part is you're getting a step-by-step -step video slash instructional video. It's me and you in the kitchen. You're watching me cook with you, cooking alongside me. And which each, every, with every step that I do in the video, there's a graphic that pops up on screen. It says step one, chop the carrots. Step two, peel the, peel the potatoes, right? It's, those are just examples, but I'm talking to you as we're doing this and you're seeing me do it as you're doing it so that you can match me and so that it can make sure that you're on track and you're on the same progress as me. And the benefit of this is because let's say a few years ago, before watching the Food Network on TV or before watching some YouTube videos, especially for those who don't, don't know how to cook from scratch, don't, don't know how to cook anything. Imagine telling them to go cook something healthy. They think automatically that's going to be so complicated. Yeah. It's like yep. healthy, healthy could literally be like grilling some chicken thighs and boiling some potatoes and boiling some carrots. That's so, so, so simple. But for them, for them, it's such a reach, such a stretch. And so to make it easier, it's, hey guys, it's like, I'm going to help you here. I'm not asking you to bake me a ratatouille. I'm not asking you to make me a lasagna. We're asking, I'm asking you here to, to bake some chicken thighs or to bake some zucchini. We're going to make a little marinara sauce. You're going to follow me. And so now you're learning the basics of cooking as well as how to incorporate those basics and, and incorporate those skills of cooking, but with healthy food and healthier options. And you're reducing friction and you're so right. People have no idea how to cook. Like oh, a lot of my health coaching clients, especially in manner, just, well, I don't know what that means. But what you just suggested is a 20 minute prep, maybe probably less to be honest. Yeah. And I think another thing that I don't know if you realize this probably is that people like to have content nowadays, whether it's a podcast, whether it's music while they're cooking, whether it's TV while they're in the kitchen. And so what you're doing is actually giving them something stimulating. You're keeping all of their attention, not just like a PDF. And so I think you're making the cookie interactive experience. You got it. You nailed on the head. It's, it's exactly that it's people need to be stimulated left, right, and center every second of the day, because we're, we've, we've, we've accustomed ourselves to that Like You're, you're in one second of boredom or one second of silence and people can't stand it. They feel so uncomfortable. And that's why being in lockdown and being in, in the COVID restrictions woke a lot of people up. Some didn't, some they stayed in, <laughs> I was say. yeah, some, some stayed in their ways of, no, no, I can't just, I can't be at home. I gotta be somewhere. But some like a lot, like my roommates and my friends like, okay, well, this is a moment for me to go deep and go down and go to my roots and, and, and questioning my triggers. And why do I feel so at e so uneasy when I'm in silence or do add nothingness. So it's good practice. And the same thing when it comes to cooking, someone that's the water to boil and they realize, oh, I got to wait six minutes for this water to come to a rapid boil. So what do I do for these next six minutes? Okay. Let me go on my phone on TikTok. But instead of going, instead of going on your phone on TikTok, let me watch the video. Okay. Well, Joey's saying now while you're waiting for the water to boil, you can start by peeling the carrots. You can start by chopping the onions, right? So this interactive component, this video is helping you kill three birds with one stone. And that's just going to yeah. eat up the process. I think everything you're espousing is reducing friction, getting people actually back to being in their bodies. So like by watching you and cooking with you, it means that they're not distracted doing something else by stepping outside the door for morning sunlight, we're moving the phone. We're just getting a little more movement. Like you mentioned with your dad going on walks or mom getting back to yoga, like you're actually using the digital medium to bring people back into their bodies. And I think that's really, really cool. And I, I think like yeah. you've mentioned that you watch a lot of Huberman and you stand on the shoulders of giants and in, in podcasting and in, in health information and you communicate those messages and, and you reduce the friction between action and feeling better for people. And I think that's super key. Joey Wallace, is there anything else Joey or Zelly you want to touch on today? This was awesome. I think people got such a good view on the inside workings of communicating to a massive audience really successfully, your journey, your motivation, your tips on health, which 
honestly is a super good direction. And I, I want to hire you as a coach or something because people, people need that in their dailies, both on IG and, and just in their daily life. So is there anything else you want to touch on? Thank you so much for coming on. No, thank you, Alec. The pleasure is all mine. You were a great host. I appreciate your, your honors. I appreciate your respect. I appreciate your time in doing this. You did a heck of a job at asking me so many questions, so many profound, so many in-depth questions. We really went in depth. The last thing I want to say is to tell people just two things, drink more water and eat more whole, unprocessed, all natural foods. Stick the colors, keep your plate colorful, keep it at a variety and you're going to be thriving and striving. Thank you, man. That's awesome. And people can find you at Joey Wellness on all major platforms, as well as your website, joeywellness.com, where they can get the cookbook. Thank you so much for coming on. This is really a pleasure and, and so surprising in so many directions we went. So thank you again. Thank you, Alex. All the best. All right, folks. Thank you for listening to my podcast with Joey Roselli, aka Joey Wellness. I'm sure you learned something about how to convince others about their health, about your own personal health, or just got inspired by his story of being kind of a normal guy and then becoming a really huge, awesome and creative influencer. So please, if, you, if you'd like to support me and you can support me, subscribing is one way to do it. Rating and reviewing is another way and really sharing it with anyone who would benefit from this information. That's the best way to get this message out there and be an evangelist for me and for the message of health. So thanks again for listening and I'll see you next time on green pill.